This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. If you have traveled to Hong Kong or to China, you will see the leftover remnants of the European nations that left their mark on Beijing, on Macau, on Hong Kong, and other areas that were brought into a trade relationship through the British Empire, the Germans, and also the Portuguese. My wife is from the New Territory of China, just outside of Kowloon in Hong Kong, and her family's recent heritage was heavily influenced by European colonialism and trade. Many have chronicled how a once-mighty China lost its sovereignty to colonial powers during the early years of the 20th century. Their enfeebled empress and a humbled military were swept aside by a European coalition of nations, only to find that China was to eventually become the bloody prize of Japanese generals, whose forces raped and massacred their way to Beijing. The West may not remember this sideshow, as we have called it in the past, of World War II, and many Japanese still decline to acknowledge their legacy. But the Chinese remember. They remember as they fly their latest generation of stealth fighters. They remember as they build an additional 100 ICBM silos. They remember as they create artificial islands in the Pacific to house missiles capable of targeting American aircraft carriers. They remember as they test hypersonic cruise missiles. They remember as they launch hypersonic missiles that can orbit the Earth, carry a nuclear warhead, and stay suspended at a low orbit until a decision to strike. They remember as they release movies about how they are defeating the Americans in a war that are number one in the box office worldwide. Then they remember as they launch manned space missions to create an orbiting space station that may well be capable of military activity. How did the Chinese come to possess such prowess? Well, from us. We became a primary customer for their goods that range from children's toys and housewares to medicines and embedded smartphone technology. We welcome their trade in a manner future historians will find as inexplicable. Just as we do now, when looking back at companies such as IBM, and Ford, and Harriman, who did a thriving business with the Nazis on the eve of World War II. And members of the American business community and foreign agents of the Chinese military-industrial vanguard have used massive political donations to facilitate the buildup of China's first strike capabilities through influencing White House policies on export controls and other national security safeguards. And during those early years of explosive Chinese growth, it was Clinton who owed his presidency to his closest Asian friends, who were ethnically Chinese. Indonesian bankers Mokhtar and James Riyadi have billions of dollars of investments in China. And yes, full disclosure, I have done business with the Riyadis in years past. In 1992, with the Clinton campaign broke and reeling from the Jennifer Flowers scandal, the Riyadis persuaded the Arkansas-based Wharton Bank 
of which their Lippo Bank was part owner of, to issue a $3.5 million letter of credit to the Clinton campaign. In addition, James Riotti and his wife donated 450000 that year, making them the largest private donors to the Clinton-Gore campaign. Well, who are the Riottis? Well, the authors cite a CIA report to the U.S. Senate that states in part, quote, James and Mokhtar Riotti have a long-term relationship with a Chinese intelligence agency. The relationship is based on mutual benefit. The Chinese intelligence agency seeks to locate and develop relationships with information collectors, particularly those with close association to the U.S. government, end quote. And those who are paid have those close relationships. Well, they are getting paid, and they will be loyal dogs to those that feed them. And also understand, James Riotti is one of the largest donors to the Reformed Evangelical Church. We'll go into more of that later. But after all, it really wasn't about anybody's repugnant ideology. You see, it was just business. As businessmen say today, if America keeps allowing it, they will keep doing it. Except that today, we are doing business with a country far richer and far more aggressive than America's former adversaries. As consumers of Chinese-made goods and investors in Chinese-made profits, we are openly funding the Chinese military. China's leadership has made no secret of its plans to rule the U.S. technologically, economically, and militarily, if necessary, by unrestricted warfare. For an America indifferent to the strategic implications, we place trillions of dollars into the Chinese economy while seriously eroding our own industrial base. But in many ways, and I'll expand on this in the near future, it was men who were ethnically Chinese and dedicated to Chinese hegemony that are American citizens. They are the ones that built the bridges. Through the Asia Society, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the World Economic Forum, they have sold out the United States of America to create global political equity and to avoid a green dragon, a problem that doesn't exist, which is the myth of Thucydides' trap. And I spoke about the myth of Thucydides' trap this past year. Now, much of what we depend upon, by the way, right now, from China, is sitting in massive container ships, sitting idly off America's west coast, stuck in a logistics logjam that has taught our citizens the word supply chain, along with what happens when you dismantle your domestic production capacity and export it to a hostile nation, to a nation that has already stated that it wants to do you harm. But instead of the U.S. being the importer, we really should be our own exporter. There should be no goods from China waiting to land. No revenues from America flowing into the coffers of the Chinese Communist Party. And we assist in building their empire through our lack of production. And you see, as we said in the beginning, the Chinese know their history. They know that a democracy whose economy is weakened by the ridiculous response to COVID, a response that they, of course, modeled for us, 
a virus of a curious Chinese origin, a multi-trillion dollar budget that would plunge us into historic debt, a nation staggering under the burden of a possibly enfeebled national leadership of Biden, and a military disgrace by being ordered off the Afghan battlefield by its commander-in-chief may be a once-great country has lost its way. The United States has been weakened, brought to its knees, with the very best of us being told that they can forget about their jobs and their careers, and that the incredible optimism of 2019, with the strongest economy our nation has ever seen, just two years ago, folks, can be brought to its knees with the collusion of the Democrats, the corrupt Republicans, the woke corporations, and the Communist Chinese Party. You see, the Chinese know how to use strength, spot weakness, and assert their potent and growing dominance at the expense of others. They view the last century as a period of humiliation. From their actions and ours, they intend to make this era a century of humiliation for us. Their current and growing economic and military power can easily be stamped financed by American businesses. But it's not enough to wring our hands in the face of such a relentless adversary. Washington needs to pivot and provide appropriate and necessary incentives for businesses to expand our once formidable manufacturing base here in the United States. You see, America still has the means, the skills, and the resources to return to its role as a super exporter. But to do so will also require us to get our economic house in order, and also to freeze our nation's debt ceiling. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen anytime soon with Biden in office or with Harris. An economy that stands on the brink of a multi-trillion dollar self-induced debt makes us vulnerable to a fiscal collapse. And financial discipline will be required if we actually wish to stop our financing of the Chinese war machine. Well, the question now is whether the United States, whose citizens rarely reflect on their own history of exceptionalism, has the strength, the commitment, and the courage to write a different ending to a chapter of history currently being written for us by the People's Republic of China and BlackRock. And that is what is happening. Our nation stands in the middle of a reflexive battle between those that are associated with BlackRock and China. And those that are solidly in the camp of Soros, Open Society Foundation, and the World Economic Forum. We are in the middle of a battle of two competing Belt Road initiatives. And it is possible that we could become roadkill. And we have a president who is declaring war upon America's citizens and the American system. And he is about to jet off to Scotland to COP26, where he will virtuously proclaim to the world how he is going to euthanize America. How he's going to put America out of its misery. How he is going to end the American dream. The president will end America as we know it. And then he will allow the globalists, other nations, and woke corporations, and China to come in 
and rob our house while we remain tied up in the corner. And China will rise. China won't even care that they won't be distributing to us anymore because they have already created a new customer. A new customer that will take what China gives them. A customer that will as well end up being the producer instead of China. And then China, as an algorithmic perfected society, can become their own replacement to the United States. They can become us. And they will do so because our nation, under the direction of Joe Biden, will let them. And ladies and gentlemen, the only way that this can end, the only way that we can stop this, is if we impeach and remove every single one of the Democrats right now. And the Republicans know this, too. So we have to spurn them on. And if you've noticed, the Democrats don't seem to care one bit that their poll numbers are historically low. Well, that's because they aren't afraid of losing another election. And the only Republicans that will win will be their kind of Republicans. The ones they let win. You know, the Adam Kinzingers and the Mitch McConnells of the House and Senate. So it's up to us. And we need to be together. And we need to begin to meet, to organize, and to do what is necessary to take back our economy, to take back our schools, to take back our churches, and take back our nation. It's time. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. Thank you.